So, but my big thing is is the weather. You know what I mean? That's that's my biggest hindrance this time of year. Guys, it's been beautiful. It's supposed to be like 37 and 40 degrees the next two days. In January? It is unheard of. I walked around without a hat and gloves on all day today. It was just perfect. Oh, oh I love you so much. I really do. And I feel so bad for you. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Dude, you'd come up here and you'd be like, this is really nice. So I got my son's birthday this weekend. Anyways, I do want to ask you, Justin, um, this is a, a pretty pretty awesome show topic. Are you feeling nostalgia going into the new year? I am, man. Well, here's the thing. When I was coming up with this idea, I love the premise of just looking backwards whenever you're planning forward. Does that make sense? Like Everyone mm-hmm. goes into the new year mm-hmm. thinking, this is my goal for this year, but also, what about taking a step back and looking at where you came from? You know, Because a lot of times... Where you want to go is dependent on where you came from. You learn a lot from your past, and uh, I, that's kind of where this topic came came from. And uh, I think it'll be fun. It's something new. I've never heard another podcast do this topic before. I'm sure they've done the history aspect, but to, but to have fun with it, like I hope we will, then uh, I, I think it'll be good. I'm I'm gonna love it. I really am. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm gonna be leaning on a lot of visuals that I've been looking at for. Um, you know, let me rephrase that. When you were looking at the visuals, because I was looking at like the maps and the, um, wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it is just wow. There, yeah. there is absolutely no comparison. But I, what I do find absolutely amazing is some of those key weenies are just as pristine and beautiful as they were from day one. Yeah. How amazing is that? So yeah. with that, um, Mike, I don't want to cut you off, man. How are you doing? Doing good. I haven't been talking to you at all. No, no, I'm doing good. I'm excited to hang out with yeah. you guys tonight. It's uh, been, a, you know, you had a little downtime after work. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I had stayed late for a meeting today, so I got home later than I expected. But uh, you know, other than that, I'm excited. This is kind of like my first week back after vacation, so uh, it's you know not as relaxing for me because it's kind of getting back in the gear and popping things right. in, and ugh, it's awful. But, you know, we'll well, you, look, you look relaxed, man. I'm, I'm glad you look comfortable and relaxed, and and I'm ready. <laughs> God, you look sorry, like you're about to that. rob a bank. Freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I know you look cool. I got the heat cranked up. I'm, I'm the only one. Yeah. You, you guys, in, you guys are the smart ones indoors. I'm out here in the garage because it's the only place I have peace and quiet in this house full of women. So I have to. Yeah, you know. But I do like your garage. Yeah, me too. A lot. I'll be honest with you. I like your garage a lot. So with that, you guys ready to get this started? I'll tell you what, let's do it. Let's uh, let's all three take a little journey tonight. All right, let's get this in three, two. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Bunch of madness around here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. It's January the 3rd, 2019. Show a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and my name is Justin, 
And tonight I am joined by two of my best friends, my brothers, and I'm so excited to be seeing them tonight because, guys, we've been so busy I haven't had a chance to really spend time with you all. I've been out of town, you guys have been working, and tonight is finally we're all back together, the three amigos back together, and we get to talk about our favorite thing, and that's Walt Disney World. Jason, Mike, how are you guys doing tonight? Good, man, good. I'm glad to see you guys. I'm uh, excited to talk about tonight's topic. It's something that's very different, and uh, you threw it out in the chat today that we were going to take care of this, and I was really excited for that. Took me down memory lane, and uh, I'm uh, I'm anxious. You know, I think I'm more anxious that I'm going to learn just as much as uh, as it just just from this journey than um, than anything. And and can I can I just preface this going forward though? As I was going down this road. I pictured, or I was trying to even go down the road of, of what these attractions smelled like mm-hmm. brand new. Oh yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, I I, I can't I think about I can't, that. I, yeah, it's uh, so I'm I'm, I'm excited to uh, to take this journey. Yeah, and you know the whole thing with the show. Look, guys, we've been doing this show for uh, over a year now. We're we're pretty pretty far into this, and we're constantly trying to think up new ideas, new new things to do with the show. And one thing that we were lucky enough to get for Christmas was this amazing Disney Dad's time machine. <laughs> And uh, now we can all board our time machine and head back to certain times in Disney because one of the things I love about Disney, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Walt Disney himself is looking back at how not only the parks are now, but how they've been and how they've changed and uh, really the result of time in the parks. So tonight I thought it would be a lot of fun for us to take a journey back to 1971, October 1st, 1971, to the opening day of the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. So guys, let's board our time machine. Let's head back and let's have a good time walking through the parks on October 1st of 1971. All right, guys, here we are, October 1st, 1971. I'm standing right in front of Magic Kingdom at the front gates. When I look behind me, it's really kind of a barren place. I got a brand new hotel called the Contemporary to one side. I know over across the way I have the brand new uh, Polynesian. But one thing I want to stress right now is being a Friday afternoon and on opening day, the crowd levels are really low. I, I would. What was the guesstimation? About 10,000 people that are going to be passing through the front gates today. Can you imagine 10,000 people's all that show up on the first date? And Mike, what is it like in 1971? Unlike you guys that were teenagers then, I don't remember this time. I wasn't born yet either. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I just had to throw that jab in there. I've been saving that one all day long. I was ready for this, this time travel back. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say, I, I wasn't born yet, thankfully, so I had a couple more years before I was born. But, you know, walking up to that gate, not everybody was using magic bands. As a matter of fact, if you wanted to come in and you were one of those 10,000 people, you had to pay a whole $3.50. I don't think you can get a water for that price anymore. And even that was pretty cheap because the equivalent to that in today's standards is about $21. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty good bargain to get into a theme park you know i don't think i don't think you get anything around that kind of price these days well considering considering in 1971 a gi joe was eight to 12 bucks back then really isn't that crazy crazy. yeah Yeah. absolutely and um but i do want to make a notable mention about this year 
is uh, number one was this was the year that Fruity Pebbles came to fruition from Post. <laughs> I, I know that that's almost a regular staple in everybody's diet. Yeah. But just to give it a perspective on how you know how long ago this was, you know, also coincidentally, this was the year that they banned um, tobacco. Um, on radio and TV. So this is kind of, the reason I'm saying this is it's kind of what kind of want to give you an understanding of what's going on around us. And this is the time frame that we're at. Yeah. I tell you it's 1971 was such a, uh, great time, especially for the Walt Disney company, but it was also a time in turmoil because they didn't really know what was going to happen with the magic kingdom. You know, this was Walt's baby. The Florida project was something that Walt loved. It was something that he dreamed and that was what it was known as was the Florida Project. And uh, what was known at the time, of course, Roy Disney, after Walt's death, takes over and says, we're going to build this exactly as Walt would have wanted. We're going to finish Disney World. And that's what it was at the time, guys. When, we're wa- when, when we walk up here, up to a few years prior, it was Disney World. It wasn't Walt Disney World. And uh, Roy made it the point to say, hey, no, we're putting Walt's full name on this because this is Walt's baby. And uh, and here we are. We're at the Magic Kingdom opening day. And uh, the one thing that gets me is as we walk in Main Street, you know, it's a little, like you, you said it perfectly, Jason, it's a little more bare. Uh, but the one thing that I love that we still see uh, in the, you know, the times that we go in present time is you have all those great cars. You have the fire truck. You know, you have all those all those modes of transportation that are going up and down Main Street that are taking you the flagpoles there. And, of course, the beautiful icon of Cinderella Castle is still uh, is right there uh, on October 1st, 1971, staring us right in the face, that weenie drawing us right down Main Street. And uh, I don't know if you guys smelled or not, but the confectionery is, uh, is bacon cookies right here on Main Street. It's new. It's clean. It is pristine. It is exactly where I want to be right now. Does it get any better than this right here? No, no, there's no way. Mike, walking into the Magic Kingdom in 1971 on opening day, you're part of history. What is the first thing you want to do on Main Street? Are you going to just go see Mickey? Are you going to see characters? Or do you just want to get that iconic picture with Cinderella Castle? Because this is eight years of publicity that has uh, that has been pushed out across the world and now it's really here. Everyone's here, and uh, and now you can get that picture because that iconic castle is right behind you. Yeah, I would definitely have to say getting the pictures. And uh, and this is obviously long before the days of social media. So I'm sure having that moment to keep in your family history is something that you really want. I mean, that's what you had. You had photographs. You didn't have the digital age where you could go back and you know check out your Instagram posts and check out your Facebook profiles and all the other good stuff. But uh, but yeah, I, I would bow to the one thing that I want just to kind of take it all in and you know uh, live up to the hype. You know, and the good thing was was that this was going to be a great park because Disney learned a lot of their mistakes from the the problems that they had over in Disneyland. You know, it was kind of like the second child, you know, like, oh, we won't do this because we won't do that. <laughs> and, you know, we won't make these same mistakes because, you know, we kind of learn from our mistakes. You know, uh, you don't want history repeating itself. And um, I think that this... Definitely brought the success of Disney World because of the problems that they had with Disneyland. Jason, you put it perfectly earlier when you were talking about, look, we're here and there's only 10,000 guests. And if you go back to when we did, uh, I think it was either Disney 8, and we were talking a little bit about the opening day at Disneyland, and you talk about the farmers surrounding Disneyland would put their... Um, um, ladders up and then would charge people to go over their ladders and into Disneyland. So they ended up with 
many, many, many more people than what they had expected. The concrete wasn't dry. Women's high heels, they had to make a choice. Either their high heels sunk into the concrete or they would go barefoot on, on wet, hot concrete. Uh, it was just, it was a complete disaster. Whereas now with Walt Disney World and with the Magic Kingdom, they have planned for all this. And one of the biggest things as we're walking down Main Street is, look, we're not on the ground floor. And that is a huge, huge aspect to the Magic Kingdom that you don't get in the in in uh, Disneyland is the Utilidors. When they're building this, they they put in the Utilidors so that way all of the cast members can get around. What a genius, genius engineering feat to do that underneath the Magic Kingdom. Well, let's take pause here before we go forward, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to mention that um, this was a wetlands. This is there was no just throwing down a foundation. There were millions of pounds of dirt that were pulled out and filled in. So they've created something from uh you know arguably a place that should never even be developed. I mean it was just mm-hmm. such a, a such a marshland. So just you know adding on to what you said about the utilidors, it is an absolute genius move by these guys to on what they completed here. Well, look at Orlando now. Orlando wasn't what it is now. Orlando was built because of Walt Disney. Um, it grew around the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. At the time, there was very few people, and you put it perfectly, with Orlando was known for its swamplands, not for its uh, mass tourism like it is right. you know, today. And so if you go back to 1971, all of a sudden you're at the birth of not only a theme park, but you're also at the birth of a city. Whenever Disney takes on a project now, everything is done with ecological impact and everything is done. Do you think when they were building the foundations for this, they were that uh, careful and particular about the ecological system around them and is environmentally friendly? Or do you think they were just like, here's a bunch of construction workers, let's dig this place up and we'll deal with the repercussions later? (laughs) I think it was part of the time. I don't think that the... You know, things are different. You have to look at you have to look through different eyes and different glasses depending on what time you're in. You know, like we look at um, saving the saving the planet different now than they did in 1971. Uh, I'm going to say yes and no because I'm going to say they did leave things like the campground was there opening day. Uh, they had they had those aspects, but they also released fifty thousand balloons on opening day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and for. For a place where it's swampland and lots of birds, maybe 50,000 balloons in the sky isn't the greatest ecological thing to do. But They did, in the advertisement for Walt Disney World on opening day, they they were stressing that there was plenty of um, native land for Mm -hmm. the native animals Mm -hmm. in the area. I don't know if it was just a marketing, you know, like, hey, let's just throw this one in here as a a freebie. They were consciously looking at it back then, so I I don't know if that helped with your answer, Mike. Yeah, I only brought that up because just kind of tying it into what Disney does now, certain things like the Disney cruise ships, when the fireworks go off, the residue from the fireworks is fish food. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. everything has its purpose. Everything is recycled. I didn't know, you know, as I'm looking back at these construction projects as we were going over this today, I'm looking at it and I'm like, that doesn't look as environmentally friendly as you would expect a Disney project to be when you see them building Pandora or you're building something new or whenever they're taking on a new project. I was just curious if you thought that they were as ecologically friendly back then as they were now. I think for the time, yes. I don't think it's quite as now, but I think for the time, they definitely were. I, th- I think they, they were above the standard of the time, 
if that that would be that would be in my opinion. Well, then that leads me to this: Do you think they would be able to create that if they were being as environmentally friendly in these days? If they were to build a new park, would you think they would be able to pull that yes. off? Okay. Yes, and here's why: because for every acre that they remove, they're creating an acre in a different part of the area. Well, Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you look at all the land they just purchased, and a lot of people thought, "Oh my gosh, what are we getting there with that new land?" Um, and then Disney comes out and says, "No, no, no, that's just reserved wetland because that, in return, takes place for all the wetland they take away when they build new resorts mm-hmm. and they uh, have to put highways and things like that through." So they, they're always thinking about that. They're always trying to replace what they what they take away. One of the things that I love about when you walk into Disney is how the hub-and-spoke design is and how you can go from land to land to land and the smooth transition from land to land. And uh, one of my favorite places to go to is Adventureland. The Adventureland Veranda Restaurant, the Jungle Cruise, as we know, was there. The Swiss Family Treehouse attraction was there. And the Sunshine Pavilion, also known as the Tropical Serenade, which I think we call the Tiki Room now, is uh, is was the some of the original attractions that you could find in that area. Pirates wasn't built yet, but we knew that was soon to come. Yeah, and something cool you get too is, look, all the Pirates wasn't built, they originally didn't want Pirates in the Magic Kingdom. Originally, Pirates was meant only for Disneyland, and it was never, never supposed to come, but Disney guests spoke up, and of course they do everything they can to make their guests happy, and so then Pirates makes its way uh, in the future to Adventureland. You know, and as, as we go to Adventureland, the one cool thing is the the gift that they have with the Magic Kingdom they don't have with Disneyland is size, and, and now with with Adventure or with the Magic Kingdom going to Adventureland, you can't see everything as you're walking through. Now it's a smooth transition to this new land, and now you're here and you're experiencing all these attractions. Can you imagine? The one thing I love about original day attractions is they still hold up today. The Swiss Family Treehouse, you know. Looking at the people's reactions while we're there on opening day um, is is much different than what we're used to. You're getting a lot more oohs and ahs. This is a huge treat. And you know what? you got to remember the Swiss Family Robinson uh, is quite a popular um, genre back in the day, yeah, a definitely. popular uh, a book. It's a popular movie. Um, so this is, this is kind of, I don't know what, what would be a good comparison to that? Help me out guys. I mean, not even Avatar, something better than that. Maybe I would say um, like pirates, like the pirates franchise today. I mean, it's huge. That was back then was a mm -hmm. huge adventure movie, you know, something people had never seen. And you got a kid who is, uh, you know, like with us, like we grew up with Indiana Jones, you know, you have a child that grew up with the Swiss family Robinson. Um, this is the epitome of adventure. I mean, this is scary it's fun it's uh it, there's all kinds of things wrapped up in it so for you to walk up into a tree and for somebody to visualize you know this is where you would eat dinner if we lived you know if this was us and this this brings it to a whole new perspective it's kind of like us walking to galaxy's edge for the first time mm-hmm. you know yeah. so um what, a, what an incredible attraction for the time and you know what because of that popularity of it that's why it's still standing here today yeah well and the great thing too is look we're here on opening day and like like you said, there's only ten thousand people, so we're able mm-hmm. to board these attractions, and we're able to go and experience these. And the cool thing about what Disney did was they paid a ton of um, journalists to join us today on open opening day, and they're here and they are making sure they're taken care of. They are over at the Polynesian getting free drinks, food free and food, drink. mm. and then they are going back and they're writing down all their uh, their adventures from today. And so the fact that you can go on all these, and you know, Mike. 
walking straight across the, the, the street there from the Jungle Cruise, and we see something so familiar with, although it has a different name, uh, we walk across the street, and now we see the Sunshine, Sunshine Pavilion uh, attraction. And it's just, for us, a blast from the past, but at that time, it's got to be something so new and so adventurous and something that Disney, Walt Disney had his hand on. Absolutely iconic. Do you think that people seeing that type of animatronic in the in the well, as we know, the Tiki Room, which back then it was the uh, uh, the Sunshine Pavilion. Do you think that's the same kind of effect we see when we watch when we see Avatar now when we, when we go on Flight of Passage? Do do, oh, do you think they're that blown away by seeing that kind of technology for the first time? Do you think that it's similar? I can tell you firsthand. Yes, absolutely. It is mind blowing. This this is state of the art stuff for these guys. This is incredible. Yeah, as you walk through and you're you, you know being in 1971, you look at people's reactions. It's amazing, and the cool part is you know when you think about Walt Disney and the birth of animatronics. Now you're surrounded by animatronics, and just the Tiki Room for us, and what at the time is the uh, is the Sunshine Pavilion attraction, Tropical Serenade. What a cool cool thing to walk into, and. The one thing that the Magic Kingdom has going for it is word of mouth. Because although you only have 10,000 people, everyone's excited about what they're seeing. Because it's new, it's fun, it's in Central Florida, which has nothing at the time. And now the East Coast gets something the West Coast has had for the previous 16 years. So as we continue around our hub and spoke design, we're going to walk over into Frontierland and Country Bear Jamboree attraction. Some more animatronics. I haven't done it yet. Uh, I'm going to do it. I know you've done it recently, Justin, and uh, that had to be something else, like a blast for them to see. As a new, uh, I, I did it as a, as a kid, but as a, as someone who did it recently, can I um, just get a collective boo? from all the Disney Dads family that Mike hasn't done this yet. It's an original day attraction here in 1971. This is brand new. Blood on Shame. the saddle. Uh, Jason, how, how cool is this, man? I mean, look. This is especially 1971, and here's what's nice about it. This is pushing the limits on under-the-radar jokes. It, it really is. I mean, this is, this is borderline, like... I bet you a grandma or two is blushing after seeing it, especially in 1971. <laughs> so um, they are, to me, it guys, this is a perfect ride, and that's why it's still there to this day. For me, it's so iconic, and it's so perfectly Disney. And just the songs they sing are absolutely great. I mean, they're, they're so fantastic. Uh, I just being there for opening day and having all these options and then you walk through and you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's pretty barren over in that area. We don't have splash mountain. We don't have big thunder. Uh, you know, there's not a lot going on except for you have country bear and pretty much that's all they needed at that time. Everyone loved it. Everyone fell in love with the characters. And I think that's what they absolutely did. Fantastic with country bear is they not only made it just animatronics, but they made it characters. There's so many different uh, personalities and just fun little innuendos, like you were saying, to where the parents get a laugh, but the kids don't get it but are still laughing. So one thing that I have partaken in in Frontierland that's still around, and that would be the Frontier Shooting Gallery. We got, what, real BBs, 
now mm-hmm. in 1971, but now we're shooting what with light in the future? Yeah, I don't think in Somewhere? 1971 they had the infrared infrared technology. I don't believe. I mean, maybe Star Wars is out. They were using. It. I mean, look, if we're going back in time, let's go to a galaxy far, far away next. Um, but yeah, that's one of the cool things, and that actually comes from Disneyland. And that was something the kids love to do. Can you imagine putting real BBs in 2019 and letting kids just plink away at at, uh, at targets? I, <laughs> as they're pinging off and going across the street, hitting the churro stand, doing all that. I uh, I love it. I think it'd be so much fun. Mike, I've never done this though. Really, I've never taken part of it. Yep. I, and you know what? I've done that quite a bit. All right. Um, as we continue walking, now remember, crowds aren't that heavy. It's a Friday afternoon. And uh, we're going to head into uh, Liberty Square, and we're going to check out the Hall of Presidents. I mean, the Hall of Presidents is an opening day attraction. Guys, this is top-notch, and a lot of people are leaving this thing with their mouths open, not believing that those are even animatronics. The amazing part is when you walk in there, look, you're even in 1971, you're, you're part of history. You are seeing American history as it is, and you know even you fast forward to 2019. Now you go, and it's the same way. The technology they have is amazing, absolutely amazing, and that's a huge part of Liberty Square. That is kind of the basis and the birth of Liberty Square for what it is for uh, for you know to go back in time in American history uh, with the Liberty Bell and, and everything there. I, I love it. I it's not a must do for me every single time. But I think it's one of the only attractions that changes more throughout history than mm-hmm. any other attraction in Disney because you have to think it's changing every time a, cha- a president changes. It goes yeah. under refurbishment, and I think that's that's really a cool thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. And if you're hungry, you can continue. We'll do the Columbia Harbor House restaurant, the Heritage House, um, the Liberty Tree restaurant. But what my big thing I want to talk about right now, because we're getting ready to stand in queue, we are going to ride a brand new, freshly painted haunted mansion. Harry Over from Disneyland. Uh, that was one of the original rides. It was a huge popular ride in Disneyland, and they felt that they had to bring it over to. Uh, Disney World and what a great job they did with it over there. Uh, a lot of the props were built at the same time so you can see a lot of similarity between the two. Uh, Justin, you've done both. Mm-hmm. Do you see any... Uh, it's It's been pretty much the same throughout the years? Uh, it's 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 different. Uh, I will say this, where, where the Imagineers got it right in 1971 that they didn't get it right previously was... It was ready. It was ready to be opened, whereas with Disneyland, there was huge, huge uh, wait. I mean, years and years went by where it just sat empty. And the problem was the World's Fair comes up. Walt diverts his attention to the World's Fair. And it kind of ended up being this weird... It almost played for Disney and Disneyland. It It played in their advantage because at the time... It got such a word of mouth that it was a haunted house and no one wanted to build in it. And then they put the haunted mansion in it. And when Walt did the uh, marketing for it, he actually put out things saying, we are looking for 909 unhappy haunts to to live in our, in our house and in our haunted house. And uh, but, you know, so, so it was a huge wait. It sat there forever. Uh, before it finally opened, but you know, you like you said, it's an opening day attraction at the Magic Kingdom. They get it right the first time, and it's just a fan, 
fantastic, fantastic, iconic attraction that has been there all throughout the years, and it's there on opening day in 1971. Well, you know, going back to, and I just want to stress that again, it was such a delay on the opening of Disneyland, they were not going to make that mistake twice. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a huge, um, uh, I don't want to say it was a huge source of contention. Actually, i got to reword that. Um, Anyway, so they did that right by having it uh, there on opening day. So good on them. I enjoyed it. It was perfect. A little bit different than a little bit different than our, our the one we're used to. Mm-hmm. So there are some minor changes in there, especially when you go upstairs in the attic. But um, overall, it's a, still a perfect ride. Let me ask you too, because uh, you both have two children. Mm-hmm. Do you really get the second kid right? Because that's what Disney did. They got the second kid right. They really messed up that first one. That second one, though, they've got it. They've got it good to go. I mean, you're talking about smooth as silk. Whenever they can, I, they can open. I be honest here? Yeah. Can I be completely honest with you? Or maybe I'm being a little bit um, uh, in a, a realm of the not so popular opinion. I think it's because Roy had his hand on this. Yeah, I, I agree. Roy is. I mean, look, I love Walt to death. He was our visionary so much so that even our their stocks took a hit after this day was over with because the, they were, you know, they were afraid that you know the pop, the pop, you know, there wasn't that many people coming to the park because they didn't know the truth. Um, there, you you have the visionary that's no longer with us. He's deceased. You know, Walt is Walt is off in in Disneyland heaven. Um, so, but man, Walt, but Roy, Roy is probably the most undervalued Disney in, 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 in the franchise. You know, the guy is a, is a genius when it comes to getting stuff done up to and including, um, us steel was going to own, uh, the two hotels mm-hmm. and he came in and says, no, we're going to buy them outright from you. Cause we want control of them. Yep. So, um, anyways, that's, that's my opinion on the reason why Walt Disney World was a little bit smoother around the hinges is because Roy was the one that had his fingerprint all over it. Well, I think, too, you know, whenever you look at what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. with Epcot, I mean, Walt Disney World was supposed to be Epcot, and that was Walt's Epcot, not the Epcot we have now, where it was an active working city. Mm-hmm. Now you, you turn... And when you talk about some of the iconic Imagineers and you talk about Roy Disney, I mean, at first they didn't know what to do. And so they pretty much mimicked the Magic Kingdom. And I think with Roy's business sense, because look, Walt was always the imaginative, push the boundaries, you know, uh, the, the, the fun one, you know, whereas Roy was the numbers, books, boring. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's just kind of the way to put it. Sure. Uh, the, he was the older brother. He let his little brother dream, and he took care of all the problems. And he didn't, you know, he said, Walt, go do your thing. I'll take care of this. And I think whenever you get the Magic Kingdom, you know, whenever they said, okay, well, we don't really know what to do. Let's just create Disneyland again, but on a larger scale. Uh, one, it gives them that that blueprint. But two, you also have someone who's watching the numbers, and they're not watching, oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. You know, Imagine people's brains constantly change. They're not always down the middle. So I think well, I think and, I think you hit it. Well, yeah, and with Roy too is you know I got to respect him completely because he maintained the integrity of Walt's vision. 
Oh, big time. Yeah. And that to me is, I have an, an enormous amount of respect and love for that man because he loved his brother that much. He was going to maintain their integrity of, of, of what he wanted. So now that I've gotten my fill of food in the Columbia Harbor house, got my scare in the Haunted Mansion, I am now going to walk over to Fantasyland. And Fantasyland is your typical carnival-type theme park with Dumbo the Flying Elephants, the Mad Tea Party attraction, Snow White's uh, Adventure attraction, uh, Pinocchio Village House restaurant. We I've eaten that plenty of times. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Mickey Mouse Review, uh, Small World, and the Skyway attraction. There are so many amazing things that are so circus and carnival-like that you can take in Fantasyland. What an amazing part of the park, and what a great transition it is from Liberty Square over to that carnival-type atmosphere. You know what? The one thing I noticed, too, guys, that we're not used to is seeing all the characters just walking throughout the park, Mm -hmm. seeing them just skipping with children and interacting and having fun. You know, you don't get that where we're used to, and that is a really cool aspect of the magic kingdom that we, I, you know, would be fun to see where we're used to, but of course now, you know, it'd be, it would be hard, but in 1971, how oh man, how cool is this to see all of those great characters skipping around the parks? When you have, when you have opening day rides, like small world, um, you know, like the skyway, uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride attraction, you know, some of these are going to stand the test of time, like Mike said, and some are just not going to, uh, are just going to change. Um, but the thing is, is, and the beautiful thing about Disney is sometimes change is not all a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes change is really not that much change at all. But um, as of right now, on this day, we can enjoy these attractions and it was the foundation of what Fantasyland is. You know, something we haven't talked about too, guys, is it's ticketing's different, you know, now than it is in 2019. Mm-hmm. Ticketing in in 1971 is you have the ticket books, you know, you have the like Mike said, three dollars and fifty cents to enter. But Mike, if I want to if I want to ride attractions, I have to pay a different price. Correct. You're paying to play. That's mm-hmm. right. You have to buy tickets. Yes. You know, you have to choose your attractions by ticket type and of course a great e e a great e-ticket attraction at the time is it's a small world which is so iconic even for 1971 it's so iconic because it plays such a huge role in disney history with the world's fair and disneyland and now it's been brought to the magic kingdom so guys let's jump on the let's jump on the uh, it's a small world real quick and, and take a little take a little boat ride around
and here's the thing about the small world, guys, now that we're jumping off of it. Tell me that's not exactly the same. It is just exactly the same. Um, but hey, listen, I see something overhead. Let's go ahead and jump on the Skyway over to Tomorrowland. This is something that brings back memories for me as a child because although I miss it in 2019, it's here in 1971, and that is the Skyway as you fly overhead of Fantasyland heading to Tomorrowland. And you can see all those people below you. Pretty much a ski lift as you head from one part of the park to the other. And uh, just an amazing, amazing view from up here of all of the Magic Kingdom and all of the guests enjoying opening day at the Magic Kingdom in 1971. I'm especially loving how when you wave down at everybody, people are still looking up and waving back at us. I'm loving this. I'm loving the atmosphere that's going on in the park right now. The energy is actually very nice. Now, the Grand Prix Raceway, guys, if you, if you take a look, it's nothing like Disneyland. In fact, the growing consensus of people that are, are around us right now actually don't have a lot of nice things to say about it. It's a go-kart. It doesn't have any of the animatronics that Disneyland has. Honestly, it looks like it was cut right through the swamp here, and it's just a, um, a, a racetrack. So, um, I don't know. It was kind of a, the negative aspect of today as a whole. Uh, that was kind of like the negative of the day would be this Grand Prix race, the Grand Prix Raceway attraction. You know, what's funny is we're hearing people talk about this, and it's the one part of today, like you said, that's kind of negative, and it does just doesn't fit what people thought about when they heard Tomorrowland. But all these journalists that they've invited, I don't know if it's all the fact that they fed them with food and they fed them with drinks over at the Poly, but they're kind of overlooking the fact that there's little things missing here and there. There's little things that aren't quite ready. But they're looking over that, and they're only reporting on the great things. So that plays a huge, huge part for the Disney company and mm -hmm. for Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom in the future to bring guests in and to make this the iconic vacation destination it'll become in the future. I think customer service has been fantastic today, and that's case in point. They have been whining and dining the media nonstop. Smart. They are very smart. Very smart. So now that we've finished our few laps on the Grand Prix Raceway, we're going to head back over to one of the most iconic pieces of the park, and that would be the castle. And that's something that you see as you're walking down Main Street. You're coming in the back half of the park and walking your way up forward. And as we go down back towards Main Street, as we're heading out of the park, what's one thing that we're going to stop for? That's going to be the parade. Now, this parade is um, something that is... Uh, like I've never seen before. They have a thousand of each of our 48 brass marching band, a thousand people walking down Main Street. I mean, it's 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 nonstop. They just keep coming and coming and coming. This is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Oh, it's a, it's amazing. Over a hundred characters, hundred Disney characters walking down Main Street, coming around the hub right there at Cinderella Castle, and you're seeing all these iconic characters, whether it be the Seven Dwarfs or you're getting the Three Little Pigs with the Big Bad Wolf coming down Main Street. But I want to talk about the main man himself. He's up there. You can see him. He's up on this huge float with a big drum, and he's banging the drum, you know, commemorating opening day at Disney World and the Magic Kingdom. What a great, great, iconic sight to see Mickey Mouse up there coming down Main Street with this parade. I love that they threw him up there. That's exactly where he needs to be. He, he was, um, they, they 
elevated him up, and I just absolutely found that. I mean, is that not just when you're looking at him going past you? Is that not just how can you not respect the man himself, Mickey Mouse? It's perfect. The iconic figure of Mickey and what he has brought to so many people. And now you know that he has a home in Central Florida and on the East Coast to where millions and millions and millions of people are going to be able to come, see him, visit him, take pictures, and make memories that last a lifetime. So now that I've seen my fill of the parade, I'm going to head back out Main Street, going to head out the exit gate, hop back in my time machine, and head on home. What a journey, fellas. That was so much fun to take a journey back to 1971 to look at the opening of the Magic Kingdom. I think it's something that every Disney fan, if they could, would pay to be there to have seen that opening day and everything they had built. And, of course, the way it's changed over the years has been absolutely amazing. It's our it's our happy place. We all love it and, uh, and enjoy it. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back and uh, and talking about how our day was. Guys, did you all enjoy it? I had an absolute blast. Thank you for uh, the idea, the suggestion, getting fuel for the machine to take us there. What an amazing day it is to be able to take part in such history. Uh, opening day, you know, I've had a couple of experiences in my life where I've got to experience opening days. You know, uh, me being in New York, I was able to experience opening day at Yankee Stadium when they opened the new Yankee Stadium and City Field. It was pretty cool. I got to experience that. Uh, nothing like it, experiencing an opening day at Disney. You know, I w- certainly wish I was around for that. Uh, unlike Justin says that I wasn't born at that particular time, so that wasn't an option for me. Uh, I still wasn't a thought yet. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, what an incredible time to be part of such an amazing part of history. Absolutely love it, fellas. And, look, we can't commemorate this journey any better way then taking a second to listen to Roy Disney's dedication speech of the Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and the life of Walter Elias Disney and to the talents, the dedication, and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. A magic kingdom where the young at heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. Dedicated this 25th day of October, 1971. It sums it up perfectly, guys. That's that's that is the Magic Kingdom. That is how it began. That was the birth of Walt Disney World and of Orlando and of, of Central Florida, really. Uh, and you take that one day and look what it grows to become. And the question for me, from me to you now, is where are we going now? Where are we going from 1971 to 2019? Now let's fast forward 40 years, 50 years in the future. Where will we be with Central Florida, Walt Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, and all these great vacation destinations that we love so much? I'm going to stop you right there, Justin, because this is a this is a um, this is something I want to do a whole show on because it's going to be fun dreaming this one up. Ooh, I like Imagineering. That's one of my favorite things to do. 
Yeah, I can't think of a better topic to talk about. I mean, there is so much in the future and so much potential for this. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that as well. Um, hey, guys, I'm going to stop you right there. We're running out of time. I want to hear from my sponsors. Just because summer's coming to an end doesn't mean it's not time to travel. Make sure to get a hold of us at Away With Me Travel. Jamie and I are here to take care of all of your travel needs. Contact us at DisneyDads at AwayWithMeTravel.com to get all the information about the inaugural Disney Dads podcast cruise, sailing July the 17th, 2019, with a double dip at Castaway Key. We can't wait to see you on board. And remember, keep on traveling. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. It's time for us to get our picks of the week. So listen, last week I let Jason go first because he was so flattering about something. I forget what it was, but he was being nice to me. But this week I'm gonna let your daughters, man. That's what it was. It was yeah. Justin, you go first this it was week. Your daughters. Good, because I haven't been complimentary of you at all. So. <laughs> Actually, you've been very harsh, man. <laughs> I've called you old and, and all that, but I love you, so uh, it's all good. Uh, I tell you what, let me uh, let me go back. The one thing that made this really hard this week was last week's topic, because everyone came out and they posted their throwback picks uh, from from th- you know listening to last week's show. But I'm going to go with Sean McClure, and I'm going to go picks uh, from First Trip as a Family, April 2011. And just, uh, look, your little girl, absolutely adorable, loving the characters. I love to see little kids loving characters. Um, Riley always did, and it brings back great memories. So I absolutely love all those pictures. Great job. Thanks for posting so much. Uh, and love it. That's my pick of the week. Those were awesome. Oh, really good. Oh, my gosh. I had to go. Everyone that I saw I loved, I'll go through again. I'll try to catch everybody. If I did miss you, I'm sorry. There were a ton of them. I love that everybody put their first pictures out there. Um, and with that, I'm going to say all those pictures. i got to give Scott Zobel some love, man. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Poor dude. Brother, I'm loving the pick. First of all, he takes the pick. He, uh, what, what did he break it? Yeah, he... Um, did something. Yeah, he broke his uh, wrist or something. But the reason I picked him is the reason why he broke it. He was out skate, ice skating with the family, 43 days away from Disney, so... Uh, Classic picture. I I, I kind of want to just print it off and frame it for the office, just just, just so I got something to look at uh, to remind me to uh, ease off like three or four weeks before um, Disney, not to get so crazy. But uh, you're right, brother. Bad timing. That's my pick of the week. If you haven't seen it, look for it. Give the guy some love because he needs it right now. Yeah, I feel better, Scott. So my pick of the week is going to be Brian Parks and Danielle Parks. Uh, congratulations on your newborn baby. Uh, what a cutie. Uh, one of the things that Brian brought up, he says on a future episode, he wants to hear the best things to do for a baby's first trip. Uh, Brian, I have a lot of experience with that. I took Sandy on her first trip when she was nine months old. Uh, do it. We had a, we had a good time. I know people will say, ah, oh, don't do it. They won't remember anything. But like Jason said before, it's not about your kid enjoying it's about you enjoying your kid in the moment so definitely a lot of things you can do with the baby on a first trip congratulations to you guys and uh thanks for being a disney dad love it they're f- they're free yeah on top of it i mean <laughs> yeah. a big one That's and it's the best pictures it. you'll have even though they won't remember it you're gonna love those pictures forever uh i'm gonna give a huge shout out to somebody who posts and we've never picked them for pick of the week and that's our co-host mike me your picks of your family. Look, here's here's the thing about this group, and you guys don't may not realize that the three of us talk and interact with each other 
more than I do anyone else pretty much in the world. And sometimes it gets a little scary how much we actually do interact uh, because I'm like a teenage girl um, texting back and forth, you know, with my boyfriends here. <laughs> um, but seeing pictures, man, of your family and, dude, seeing them so young. Yeah. So young. Yeah. Sammy, uh, at Sammy was nine months old in that picture. Now she's, you know, I mean, you know her from more than And Sarah. Episodes, yeah. I mean, look how little Sarah is. It's just, it's just crazy. So, because you know, we're like brothers. Your all's family is like family to me, you know. And so, it's like seeing my own family there, and and it's a part uh, that I think is really cool, man. I love those throwback pictures. That's really, really, really cool. So, if you have a chance, jump on the group and go see Mike's throwback pictures because they're they're really cool. And also, I love the High School Music picture because I've heard you sing High School Musical a lot of times, and I know it's one of your favorites. <laughs> I tried out, I was denied. So. That was my next career. Musical. Yeah. Hey, um, okay, I want to do an addendum, though. Mike, I want to go back to uh, the, the picture that you said. Um, well, welcome to the club, man. That is uh, incredible. Thank you for posting that. Congratulations to both of you. And I do want to add on to what Justin said. Uh, Mike, you do got a super family, man. There's, And you know how I feel about your family. You're, I love your girls. They're awesome. I mean, Sammy is like, Sammy's my, like, like she's just my go-to. Like She's always got that big smile on her face. And I just, they were great pictures. Uh, Justin, don't short yourself, man. Um, <laughs> brother, your family is awesome, dude. I, I That's what I mean. I can't, looking at both you guys, I'm like, you guys both have such amazing families. I, it's it's easy for me to love, and I don't love a lot of people, but it's easy for me to love all you guys. So uh, please don't shortchange yourself there. You definitely deserve a lot of love because your pictures were fantastic. Now, now that I'm done buttering up all you guys, can we get into trivia here? Because I had a real hard one last week. Let's do it. Now, uh, when I first did the trivia question, I just made up that one because I wanted everybody to look at their radio and go, what? So, this is the question. In the animated feature Dumbo, how do the other elephants first discover Dumbo's large ears? <laughs> Mike is Mike is like, don't, no, don't. No, I knew it was. That's you. It was the sneeze. No, I I don't, I'm just picking I on you, it. buddy, because you're my trivia question. You're my trivia buddy. Uh, Dumbo sneezes and his ears flop out. That's right, Justin, with the sound effects, which I will leave in. Yeah, we should. Uh, hey, uh, huge shout out to Michaela Altenhofen. Uh, not only did she get it right, but she also gave us a huge. Um, great, great text, and it says, I'm continuing to love the show. Looking back on 2018, this podcast and Disney Family was a huge highlight. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, oh, Michaela. That's awesome, man. For, that's for, a great compliment. For, for that amazing text. Uh, yeah, it really made me smile when I got that. Absolutely. I'm going to um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it up this week for uh, trivia. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make it related to opening day, and I'm going to give you a sound clip, and I want you to tell me what attraction it's from. Ooh, and it won't I be like it won't be in any of the highlighted ones. Ooh, so like or maybe or maybe maybe it is. Maybe it will. And you can text your answers to 317-WDW Daz. That's 317-939-3237. And while you're doing that, make sure to head over to www.disneydadspodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media. Past shows, Walking with Walt, Disney 8, Away With Me Travel, all those great shows. Go over, check them out, and while you're doing that, pick up that phone, go to iTunes, give us five Mm -hmm. stars, guys. We appreciate it so much. Helps us not only grow the show, but to grow our Disney family, which you guys are absolutely amazing. And hey, let me take a second, guys, to just give a huge shout-out, not to us, because we didn't do anything, but to our Disney family, because uh, they voted, and we were voted uh, the third 
best new Disney podcast of 2018. So thank you guys so much for that. We really do appreciate all that love. All right, guys. Thank you. I had a great time talking about you know traveling back in time and seeing Disney back in the seventies. Uh, it was a, it was fun reminiscing about how the park was. It's amazing to see how much it's changed through the years. Uh, it's a, it's incredible how such an amazing place has given so many amazing family memories and and just cherished moments. And I had a great time talking about it tonight. Justin, great idea, man. I had a blast. Thank you for uh, coming up with this and uh, grabbing lead on it. And uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. You drove this train. You built this train. And Mike and I just, and if I can speak for Mike, we um, we had a good time just going along for the ride. And uh, I hope everybody else has a good, as, as much fun as we did. And um, thank you so much. 2019 is going to be such a great year for the Disney Dads and Disney Dads family. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. This was just one of those out-of-the-box fun things that I thought it'd be fun for us to do is to take a trip back in time and look at some Disney history. I love Disney history. And not only does it have such an amazing impact on us, but also on millions and millions and millions of people out there that without this one moment in time, they wouldn't have memories. They wouldn't have the relationships they have. So thank you, Walt. Thank you, Roy. Thank you for everything you guys did. Guys, thank you guys for coming in tonight. And, uh, and I had a great time. I love seeing you all and spending time with you. And until next time, I will see you real soon. Good night, buddy. Good night. Good night, Good night guys. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.